Well, last week I got up here and didn't know I was supposed to preach. And went on for ten minutes. Today I'm supposed to preach. Not sure I have anything to say. <laughs> Heard about a fella. This, this will surprise you. <laughs> he was preaching and teaching. Became so popular that, uh, well, lost track of time. In fact, the crowd of people around him was so much that... <laughs> Didn't have time to eat. Wouldn't that be a pathetic situation? And it went on and on, I would assume, because his family got wind of it. You know, I mean, they loved him, concerned. Mother, brothers and sisters. So they decided, if he's not eating, he must be crazy. And they went, and the scripture says about Jesus at that time, to take charge of him. Huh. Just don't eat, and your family thinks you're crazy. But the whole concept of food and eating and having sustenance is very much a part of scripture. And Jesus addresses that in the Beatitudes. And we see it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Pastor's preaching on this same topic today. The only difference between he and me, his sermon, and mine, I have to be done by 10. He gets to go on to 12 or 12.15. So let's get going here as to what Jesus had in mind. You see, there is a superior way of life that he has mined. He has this in mind for those who are hearing him at that teaching moment and for you and for me. Not only a superior way of life, but the superior way of life. I'm a Christian today because I believe that in Christ I have the superior way to live over all other ways to live. And that's what Jesus was trying to communicate here to these who are listening. And he says it to us when he says, Blessed are. Now, I know that some of the translations say happy are, but it, it, it's much deeper than that. I know a lot of people, they say they just want to be happy. I had one young gal who. I mean, she was into drugs and alcohol, and, and her life just began to crumble. And she said, I, I, I just wanted to be happy. 
Is there anything wrong with that? And I thought, yeah, probably the first word of your sentence, I. I wanted to be happy. And she focused her attention on fulfilling her cravings. Her cravings for fun. Her cravings for excitement. And it took her down a pathway that was anything but fun. And eventually crushed her. Almost destroyed her. There's not a one of us who hasn't had our kids say, I'm bored. Let's do something fun. And, and so we have this desire, this craving to live life to the full. However we choose how that will be fulfilled. And so when Jesus is saying, blessed. He's recognizing that, yes, there is a craving. But the best life, the superior life, is the life that comes through faith in Christ. Scripture is very clear that we all fall short of the glory of God. There's not a one of us who doesn't. In fact, I looked at... Uh, the New English Translation, the New International Version, the New King James Version, uh, all of these, they, they translate that phrase exactly the same way in Romans 3.23, for we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so here we are, sinners. And Jesus comes along and says, blessed, blessed. Chasing after happiness as a personal right and acting as if I'm owned fullness of life, no matter what, usually, maybe I should say always, ends in regret. And, and, and so Jesus comes along and says to us, there is an abundant life. And that is a life, the fullness of God is experienced. And there's no regret. In our testimony meetings that I used to hear as a kid, uh, people testifying of God's grace. I never heard anyone say, I am so sorry I have trusted Jesus as my Savior. Life has been so miserable. When I invited Christ into my life. Now I've heard people who have chosen to go against Christ. Express their sorrows. Their anxiety. Why did I do this? I've heard loved ones say to me. Why did I make the choices I've made? Only to experience what I'm experiencing now. Regret. And yet, Jesus says that God has placed within each one of us a craving for the superior way of life that is offered to us. Now, Jesus uses the concepts of hunger and thirst to describe the longings of the human heart. 
for fulfillment and happiness. And there's one thing I've discovered that cannot happen. I cannot manufacture hunger and thirst. I don't say to myself, I think I'll be hungry today. Or do you know what my New Year's resolution is? I'm going to be thirsty. We just are. It's a part of humanity. We all hunger or crave something. Food, yes. But Jesus is talking something more than that. And something that will fulfill us. Something that will make us happy. Just as we hunger for food and drink. We crave, and that's the literal meaning of the word there. We crave something more. Well, we hunger and thirst, but for what? Well, this is where Jesus introduces the superior way of life as a life pleasing to God. He talks about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. He had talked about his own hunger, his own food, when he was with a woman, the Samaritan woman at at the well. He had sent the disciples away for food. John 4 depicts this story. And they come back and Jesus is engaged in conversation. He's talked about the living water. And those that drink the living water will thirst no more. And then he gets to talking about food. And his disciples said, well, I thought you sent us for food and come back with food. And you say you've already eaten. And he says, yes, my food is to please God. And and that's what he's talking about here. That we, too, would seek after righteousness. I read to you that passage, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's more to it in the context of of Romans 3. Verse 22, the verse before it says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Just as God has placed within us hunger and thirst for physical food and drink, he has placed within us a spiritual appetite for that which will give us meaning and fulfillment. It's very clear here that uh, the blessing just isn't in the hungering and thirsting. It's just not in the craving. But to be blessed by God. To find that which truly satisfies. And that's a life pleasing to God. We finally come to that last statement that he promises. You will be satisfied. You see, it's not empty. So many of the cravings and hungers that we have will thirst again, Jesus says. We'll be hungry again. You eat today, you say, I'm hungry. Tomorrow you're going to be hungry again. 
But in this situation, this righteousness, and Jesus, the righteous one, is ultimately the righteousness of God. There is complete and total satisfaction. The translate, uh, translated term for satisfied, I didn't think was all that holy. It literally is talking about the gorging of animals in the feedlot. Doesn't that bless you? <laughs> oh, we've had meals like that. Who of us at Thanksgiving hasn't said, I'm stuffed? Or after a great meal, I couldn't eat another bite. That's what Jesus is talking about. But it's a spiritual condition in which Jesus has met our inner longings, our desires. Chasing after this, chasing after that. And finally we say, God, I seek you. There are many places in Scripture where, uh, where the Word talks about thirsting or hunger. Psalm 42 is one of these. Verse 1, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O my God. Verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Then Jesus said in John 4:13 Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Verse 14 But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Hungry. Thirsty. Not just for anything, but for the superior way of life that we find in Christ Jesus. There's a movement going on in our church. I, I, I hope you feel it. I, I, I know staff is leaving. I, I know this happened. I, pastor was talking about how Staff comes and go. We had Dixie and, and, and we, we had, had Beverly. And in a church world where staff leaves within three years, in fact, four years would be a long tenure for an associate pastor. See, I've been associate pastor. Well, never mind. But uh, it's not a long time. And we've been gifted with some of our associates for Eight, ten years? <laughs> Someone mentioned to me that when they were a young adult, right after college, they came to this church and were discipled in and brought into a church, into this church, by someone who stayed 18 months. So yes, we say goodbye to staff. Even Jesus had to leave. He had the audacity to tell the disciples, it's better for you that I go away. I firmly believe that the best days are ahead of us. And as we hunger 
and thirst for righteousness. That's our responsibility. It is the satisfying. It is the fulfillment. It is the abundant life that is God's responsibility. And it's ours. Through faith in Christ Jesus. We're going to celebrate that fact through communion in just a moment. But perhaps there's someone here today. You're saying, I'm not satisfied. I haven't found that fulfillment that Jesus is talking about. I have regrets over how I acted or things I sought after this week. You can change all that today. Just as the rest of us have done that very thing. A simple yes to Jesus. To seek him with all your heart. To come to the righteous one. And say I hunger for eternal life. I hunger for satisfaction. Fulfillment. Peace. All the wonderful things that we find in Christ Jesus. That can be yours today. While there are some who are partaking of communion as an expression of thanksgiving for the life that they have in Christ. There could be some of you who come and say, I received Jesus into my heart and life through his shed blood. Through his body broken for me. That I might have the superior way of life that Christ promised in this beatitude. I'd like for those who are going to uh, help me in communion to come at this time. We're going to prepare for the partaking of the elements. I just feel like I need to praise God, thanking Him for all that He's done for us, the superior way of life. And then, as soon as I conclude my prayer, you can come and partake of communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the superior way of life that we've discovered in Christ Jesus. If there's someone who is making that discovery anew today, satisfy them just as you promised with eternal life and the knowledge that they have an abundant life in Christ. As we partake of communion today, may we do so with joy in excitement that we have found in Jesus that which satisfies completely and totally, not only for here but for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place. Thank you for meeting our spiritual needs, our cravings, our hunger for life. And now bless us, each one, as we partake. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.